0: Welcome to Being the Genuine Athlete Podcast, where we inspire those who aim for excellence in life and want to understand the how and what it takes to be a champion in life. My name is Jura Kosciak. My purpose, dedication and commitment is to activate your potential, that you understand the ego through your sport and life situations. So I share and give you the tools to be just this. The Genuine Athlete, are you ready to tune in? One, two, three, action. Hello, dear listeners of Being the Genuine Athlete podcast. I have an amazing guy with me, Anthony McNeil from Canada. Welcome. Well, great to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yes. Let's bring the light of business, the franchise, and what you're doing with Premier Sports Leagues. Uh, You're a co-finder and a president. Maybe some words about that, and you can introduce yourself, please. Yeah, I, well, I'm the co-founder
1: and then the president of Premier Sports Leagues. Um, we are a franchisor and our, our goal is to help uh, um, franchisees or, you know, people wanting to start their own business without having to start all over from scratch. They buy our systems and our processes and our software and our training and literally they are now equipped to go into their community and start a youth, an organized youth star, uh, sports business. And so they can, um, you know, uh, go out and reach the youth and bring what we call these new and emerging sports. We, we intentionally have stayed away from the mainstream sports, the hockey, the soccer, the basketball, they're, they're all doing well on their own. Um, but we find that there's a need for some new sports to, to, for kids to learn and explore. And so we've chosen sports like floorball futsal uh we call it dive ball but it's 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 there's a more common name to that called spike ball and these are all easy to learn easy to play affordable sports that kids don't need any special training they can essentially jump in at any time during one of our clubs and leagues uh learn the rules very quickly and and just embrace the sport and and, and have fun and play and um, so, in order for us to kind of scale those those sports up and be assured that we, when we deliver them, they're all delivered with the proper intentions and um, policies and the standards and uh, the quality that we expect uh, out of our out of our deliverables, um, we felt that franchising was the best of both worlds. we, we we, we had an opportunity to partner strategically with, with somebody in the community who knew the community well and knew the kids and knew the the needs. And then we would come in and support them to help run that, that organized sport business with these particular emerging sports. So that's who we are. We're brand new. We're a micro uh, franchise, they call us. So we have three franchises now. We're based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, our Our plan is just to go west and south and eventually make our way down into the, uh, in, into the USA and, um, and just bring more of exposure and, and help kids um, become better, better people through sport. And that's who we are.
0: Yes, that's great. Thank you for being uh, such a great person that you've gone through in your life and you've gathered wisdom and now you're giving back and implementing these things. I had a podcast guest, Lodro Riesler. He's a Buddhist m- practitioner, meditation. And he said that he likes the name of the podcast, being the genuine athlete. Because when you play, when you're an athlete, you are genuine. You are present. Of course, there's a lot of triggers. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. But, uh, initially, the main deal of moving, I just talked to a neighbor yesterday. He's in the 60s. And he says, I just want to move you. They're not competing. This is my body wants to move. So competition is something, but yes, it's good to have at least bit of competition, but this moving and playing and having fun, this brings this genuinity out of people. And with this approach that you have, I congratulate you, salute you, and thank you very much. Uh, so before we dive into all of these games that you mentioned and how it's working, maybe a bit about your story, how you started business, Uh, why you started business uh, what was the main drive or how did you went out of that nine to five job
1: well you know what I I have to be honest with you I the nine to five job I had was um, probably I had it for two years and it really wasn't nine to five was construction so it was more like you know, sun up to sunset. Yeah, and six
0: to six. Yeah. Or yeah, So,
1: you know, I've never experienced a nine to five and um, I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial desire to some degree. You know, as a kid, I had, um, you know, I, I repaired bikes or, you know what I mean? I had, I had, I had some fun games. I used to play in my backyard and charge people to play and stuff like that. So I always had, I had an itch for that fun side of entrepreneur, but never, never knew it was called entrepreneur. Um, and so when I hit my early to mid 20s, I had an opportunity to buy a franchise um, from a friend of mine who got involved with a national um, a retailer and he wanted me to come on board. We were good friends growing up through high school. And so I quit my seven to seven job it was in, the, in the construction and I started right from scratch and I, um, you know, I, I, I kind of let go of my education because my, my studies were in engineering uh, and I essentially went on the road and in, in my community and I cleaned carpets and furniture and then, you know, became good at that. And then realized, Hey, I, at some point I have to get off the tools um, and grow the business. And so over the span of um, 10 years in that business, I met up with a partner. Uh, we expanded our business from, you know, doing a, a mirror, mere. Uh, $200,000 a year in sales to over $3 million. And um, yeah, it was just a school of hard knocks. I just learned how to be in business and made a lot of mistakes, um, but also learned all along the way um, things that kind of were the same, no matter what you did, a lot of processes, things just repeated themselves. And, and, and I, I recall, you know, one point I just, I, I was in sports anyway, and I, I, you know, I wasn't a good athlete, but I played a lot of sports. And so I just saw business um, kind of from a sports perspective, in that, you know, there's systems, there's plays, there's positions, uh, there's strategies, there's goals. You win some, you lose some. And so as I grew my business and I brought on employees, I, I would always speak in terminologies, uh, in the terminology of sport. You know what I mean? I'd say, this is a game. Uh, today, we're going to go and play. We're going to give it our best today. At the end of the day, we're going to reevaluate our, our play and see how we did. And we have to make small adjustments, but we're going to kind of follow a strategy and a system for the next year. And we're going to see how these systems work. And uh, and so we set out to, to create systems, ways to do things that we knew the outcomes would be more successful than following a certain system. But of course, we ran into competition and we ran into some things that we had to uh, adapt and change our, our systems and our styles. And of course you you bring on new talent and that talent, you know, some are first liners on, in your company, some are fourth liners. And you have to accept the fact that some people have certain strengths um, and they'll never be a kind of a first or second liner, but they are part of your team and you need them. Uh, some are forwards and will score a lot of goals and some are defense and goldies will protect kind of your, your interest. And so, uh, for the, for the 30 years I've been in business now, I've always used sports as an analogy to run business and, and subsequently, which has taken me right to, to where I am today. Six years ago, I started on this path of franchising, which I've never done before. And I really had to rely on that whole analogy of systems and processes and ways to do things and outcomes and expectations. And, uh, uh, and it, it really, it really strengthened my my mindset when it comes to um, how sports and 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 uh, business are so much alike.
0: Great, uh, you have actually dismantled me, if I use that term in a way, because I always say my inspiration is as a former athlete and as talked to a lot of athletes. I come from a small country, Slovenia. Like you already noticed, it has a love inside the name yeah. title of it a lot of athletes from my country, they are Olympic world champions. We've reached really extreme peak, uh, peaks as well of the heights of mountains. Uh, and um, they all have a story. Some have written a book. And I always say, people love to listen to athletes and not business per people. So. Mm. I need to apologize. Uh, There are some business people who we like to, who we love to listen, especially when you use the sport terminology and you've wrapped it really good into your life. You've implemented it into your business and that's amazing. And this is what I see, what I feel in life. Everybody should be training like an athlete, everything, relationship, business, whatever you're doing, food as well. It's like being an athlete. I, I believe that's so true because we have Olympics. Olympics have like you know the century the history of ages of uh, thousands of years when they were in the Greek times uh, ancient times so I I believe this is the core way to live by so very good that you've implemented this in your life and can you please tell me how you've used now you just said some touch some things if you can share some more um, specific things how you use this athletic approach in your business when the challenges were there, when the going uh, got tough, uh, when you needed to respond like a true prepared athlete and not lose your mind and not be emotional, not be panicking, but how to set, how to adapt, how to adjust, how did you use this uh, world then?
1: Well, I I think it all starts with your mindset. Um, You know, you have to go in knowing that you're going to have some battles. You have to go into knowing um, two things. One, the battles within, Okay, what are your own shortcomings that will prevent you from doing things? And a lot of that has to do with believing in yourself and educating yourself and learning new, new talents. Uh, in my case, in business, um, I read a lot. You know what I mean? I, I looked at successful people. I read their bios. I, I, I looked at similar um, companies. I even looked outside the companies I were in and found value techniques in those that I could bring into my company that would make me personally um, a, a better business person. I see that no different than athletes. I mean, it really boils down to the fact that you really have to embrace this will, this mindset. Um, I don't think the mindset is that you're 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 just going to automatically overcome every obstacle and you're some kind of super being. I think the mindset needs to be that you have to take uh, some risks and you have to push yourself to the next limit. Uh, and you know, when I turned fifty and I let go my fourth business. I'm now in my mid-50s. I should be casting shadows and thinking about retirement. But I felt the need that there there was a greater purpose to my next step. And, and, And it's the success sometimes is not the what, it's the why. And for me, it was, you know, what's my next journey? And my next journey happened to be into the youth sports, the organized youth sports. And um, I refed ice hockey, I played hockey, I played basketball, and, and, and whatnot. And I just had a feel that I could make a difference in that, um, in that arena, so to speak. And, uh, and so then I just, I went and I, I put myself, immersed myself into the research of the industry. Uh, and so again, uh, you know, learning about your sport and learning about what works and what doesn't work and, 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 and yourself becoming accustomed to accepting things. And so at 50 years old, starting a brand new business, not just a small business like I had before in a local community, but pushing myself now to become a franchisor was something I was really uncomfortable. And so to me, there, that, that's a sign of, of saying to yourself if, as an athlete, if, if you're not prepared to push yourself to the next level, then you're, you're, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. If you wanna just stay at this plateau and this is what you wanna be, uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, that's a choice. But for me, I felt that I needed to get myself to the next level. And, and I think you, you mentioned the, the, the Olympics. I think every athlete just looks at the Olympics and says, how do I take myself to the next level and bring myself to the point of possibly becoming an Olympic athlete? You know, some may, may, may never reach that uh, and some will. You know? And in business, I want to bring myself to be that Olympic, Olympian franchisor. Now, I may not be, but I have to push myself. And so when I turned the corner at 50, I had to accept that everything I did before was great and it all added up to where I am, but I needed to go to the next level and personally accept in in, in that discomfort. That's the internal kind of thing. Uh, To me, the the external things are you're going to run into adversities, you know what I mean? And you're going to have to, uh, again, have that mindset and that will to say, how do I overcome these? Um, and some of those adversities are things that you're going to be able to control. So you, you can look back and say, wow, how, how, how could I prepared better to, to come head to head with this, 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 uh, this adversity in my business? Uh, oh, now I know better and I'll prepare and I'll train better. So next time I'll be more prepared. And some things are going to be uncontrolled. There are things that are going to happen that will just say, you know what? I didn't see this coming. It's beyond... But then it's saying, okay, what what do I need to do now to be to 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 put that in my control and and take myself to the next level, and so I just see a lot of um, similarities, a lot of sim- between an athlete who's on a path of early development, getting themselves to the highest level that they want to go or they can go, and a business person on that same path, starting out and saying, where can I go, how far do I can I take myself, um, and that's dealing with yourself within, and also dealing with your externals.
0: Great. Um, You've tapped onto something that I need to point out. Comfort zone and pushing out of the comfort zone. Uh, And as species, as humans, we are so inclined into comfort zone. A lot of athletes uh, and a lot of uh, business people as well love comfort zone. It's good to have comfort on all Mm -hmm. levels not to go into details. Um, And I believe strongly in after my experience and all the coaching that I've done in the past 11 years with thousand clients, we have problems when we cling to that comfort zone and we do not want to let go. So can you give us some anecdote or share some very specific situation where you found yourself maybe in despair, maybe in some consequences that were dire, that you didn't want, that you didn't like, and they've pushed you afterwards but uh, before they pushed you you were feeling overwhelmed uh, what kind of situation was that that was difficult maybe when you were 50 years old that you said no you need to go into new business maybe something before
1: yeah no i i, I think the, the i mean i'll i'll go back to what the most recent is and that's just as you said i reached a point at 50 where i just looked at the world and i thought hey a lot of my friends who i grew up in school are now staring down um, the, the 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 barrel of retiring, you know, a lot of the conversation I have with with people who have been out in the workforce for twenty and twenty five years, um, you know, they're they're talking about packing it up and not having to to work anymore, and so I think the cultural norm for a lot of people is when they get up in age, they just kind of follow that comfortable set path um, that there's predetermined. Um, deadlines. You know, you're 50, You, you're, gonna, your bones are going to ache, you're 60, you're going to think about your retirement, you're 65, you're going to retire. And so a lot of that is things that are, are built into all of us through our, through our past cultures that tells us this is the way to do things. And so I fell prey to that. I was the type of person said, wow, look, I, I've, I've had a good run of my businesses, maybe now for the next 15 years, I can just settle in and I can just kind of find something easy to get to retirement. And it just hit me, you know, if it was just about what I did every day, I probably would have taken that path. But you know, what happened It as I was going from one business into this new business was I found a purpose. Uh, I found a why that I didn't have before. And as I, as I looked into the, the organized youth sports uh, and I, read up on it, I saw a lot of shortcomings. And, um, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, and not not all, let me just make sure that's clear. Um, But there are many sports organizations right now that put so much emphasis on youth um, to win at all costs. Or this early specialization that, you know, if you're four years old and you're not on the ice skating, by the time you're eight, you're gonna have a hard time. And, you know, organizations that were putting mega dollars into their better athletes at the expense of the younger athletes that just want to go out and have fun and play. And as you said, they just want to be social and get their body moving. And so I just felt that that maybe I could make a difference in that world. And so I think what pushed me beyond the comfort level was the fact that I had a purpose. And I felt everything I've learned in my 30 years Prior to that, I can apply and maybe I can bring um, uh, my business into communities and utilize sports more than just for the sake of sports. Maybe I can bring them in and I can use sports as a resource and tool to help kids uh, become better equipped, to be mentally more fortified, to be physically healthier, to um, be be socially engaged, to, to learn a lot of life skills. Because sports really does that. It, it teaches you a lot of life skills. Right back to what you said earlier. It teaches you how to overcome adversity, how to handle a win and a loss, right? <clears throat> how to work with teammates, uh, how to make decisions, how to be motivated, how to goal set. If all those are not part of what you're learning as a kid in sports, and all you're learning is to be really good skilled and to get your ego stroke because you're the best or the highest goal scorer, I think I think. Sports falls short if that's the case. And so I, I just found a passion to say, no, I, I, I really think I'd like to get into that organized youth sports and help build better people through sport, right? And, and maybe those people eventually will will come out of our sports leagues and be better, better human beings in their community and better, uh, you know, have a, a good start. And, you know, the more I, I go down this path, the more I realize and I start to talk to people and they go, yeah, if it wasn't for sports, I probably would have taken a wrong path. Or, you know, I met so many people in my youth sports that thankfully I met them because they become great friends over the years. And uh, and I, I think that if we continue to drive a wedge in between kids and we 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 just you know we we just divide them as athletically good and athletically not so good. I think there's a there's a there's a a, um, a potential danger in that. Now that's not to say that. Uh, Kids that are talented and good shouldn't go on and shouldn't be competitive and shouldn't specialize. I think there are are definitely people, but not at the expense of ignoring all the others. And so when I realized that that may be something I could help, um, I said I had to step out of my comfort zone. I literally had to do something or follow the old path and just drift into retirement. And that wasn't me. Um, And so I did. I pushed myself and I pushed myself to the point where I've learned franchising. I've probably learned about ten different software programs. Um, you know, I had to read up on this whole sports industry and get a good gris, grasp on it. So, you know, I could have settled down and been comfortable, and I would have been happy. Um, or I could have decided to challenge myself, and and uh, and I think there's a different kind of happiness when you do that.
0: Wow! Yeah, great. You touched a lot of points now, and you really went into it, um, so that I just recap in some way. There's a lot of predetermined things as well with athletes. Like you can be the best athlete until you're 30. Yeah. Your career is done. You can be a human that can contribute to the society until you're 60 or 65 or when there's the retirement plan. So these are the predetermined messages. But what actually drives us all, what makes us happy is to serve, is to be in service of each other, is to bring out, is to feel. I have goosebumps now when I talk about this when you bring something to someone that elevates and empowers them and and inspires them and impacts them. So thank you for doing that and bringing yourself out of that comfort zone of being in retirement in Nova Scotia with a cigar maybe, having that (laughs) Canadian lifestyle, watching NHL and something and enjoying life, but you're enjoying it way more. And this is uh, sort of my next question. How can athletes, Already, youth athletes that you impact now begin to understand that there is a pro athlete world that is very detrimental. That is very uh, pro athlete. I've had, I think, I had one podcast about it. Pro injury, mentally as well, not only physically. Yeah. Or you actually begin to learn what is being in sport. What? How can you learn all these terminology? All these things that can, you can implement in your life, that you begin to play the game in relationship, in creativity, in job position, in your business, if you're more entrepreneurial. So in that sense, how, what's your, uh, maybe already what you're doing now in the youth sports, uh, through that, or how can you give more of this um, insight and instructions, guidance for athletes that are youth athletes or pro athletes or semi-pro athletes that are being in the sport, but, need to learn that there is a way to be a business person as well that you can already in the middle of the being in an athlete world begin to be a business person as well how do you begin to do these sponsorships and those ideas and that ideas and how how can you solve situations solve problems what kind of guidance do you have there
1: well that's a a powerful question um and i don't profess to have all the answers but i I can speak and what i've seen so far and I think it's more to do with the with the with the journey than the destination. And I think a lot of times people look so far ahead into the future and 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 just measure themselves based on a success that they that is so far away from themselves at the moment. And so, if you're a young athlete and you want to get to the professional levels, um, you know there's a lot of time and space in between getting to the professional levels. <laughs> and I and I think what's important is that as a young athlete. Um, you need to look at developing the whole athlete. You know, it's not just necessarily the, the one-dimensional, I have to be really good at soccer, I have to be really technically good at at tennis, or I have to be technically good at, at hockey. I think a young athlete needs to embrace the fact that they need to learn many other skill sets that are going to support their, their physical skill set. So they need to, 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 um, to develop good skills, mentally, emotionally, socially. Uh, when they get on the, on the playing field, they need to understand um, it's not all about them. In some cases, it's more to do with the other players and how can I serve my teammates? Um, and, and, you know, in doing so, how does that make me better? And how do, I, how do I step up in many cases and be that leader that maybe there's not somebody on the team that's, you know, maybe we're having five or six losses in a row how, how do I, how do I cope with that? How do I pull the, pull the rest of my teammates together if I'm that person and instill a little bit of confidence and hope and, and and look at at the fact that we're slowly learning it's not necessarily that we have to win every game but look how we're improving <clears throat> and and I, I'm still I'm of the belief that the same thing applies with the professional athletes is that on that journey to, the the top athleticism and, and as you exit even into the, into the world, it's all about building, building blocks. It's all about building different things in your character, uh, building strengths that you're going to need. Once you get out the same athletic uh, strengths that you build to compete are going to be the same strengths you're going to need um, when you get out into the world. And and the world of, of, of being an athlete is no longer there. And, And there's kind of three things that I focus on and, and I think this applies to both the youth uh, organized youth and the athlete that's leaving um, <clears throat> i think everybody first and foremost needs a community so they definitely need to feel that they belong to something and as a professional athlete a lot of times that's belonging to your community of your sport or that community might be your team um as a young athlete, that community is 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 the community you play in. Physically, it might be the community of, of your of your team. It might be again um, the sport you play in. Uh, I said the second thing I think is that you all need to be on a mission. There has to be a a joint kind of feeling that you belong to to something that's that's taking you to a, a shared goal um, and and feel part of that. And I think a lot of professional athletes, obviously, when they're striving to win a Stanley Cup or uh, a great cup in our case in, in football or the super bowl, you know, they all have to be on that same mission. They all have to understand that they all play a part and each of the parts significant or insignificant in whatever it may be in, in, in the public eye. Um, it, it's an important part. Uh, and I think the same thing applies to the young athletes when they get on a team, they may, their role might be as simple as shutting down an advance on a team. They may never see the limelight because their teammate gets six or seven goals and they get nothing, but they have to understand that they are they're part of that greater mission. And ultimately it's their role. You know, what what's their identity on the team? Um, and you know, when an athlete leaves their sport and that community is now gone, and their mission is gone, and that role of what they served in, there's a big void there. And I think it's important at that point for an athlete a professional athlete is to find that new community, find something that drives them with passion and a mission to, 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 to bring something to the next level and find where they fit in there. And so I just feel personally speaking, I think business is a natural thing for an athlete to move into. They've brought so many skills from being an athlete that I think the transition to business, if, particularly if it's a business that they can get behind and and they can see that they belong to this this new community, whatever that community is. In our case, it might be that they buy into a franchise and they feel like they're part of that franchise community. Um, if the mission is something they believe in and it's it's strong enough, um, you know whatever that mission might be, it might be a charitable organization. That once they get out, they identify themselves as. Being part of this community of, as a charity, and then they really want to make a difference in that, and then they, thirdly, they find their role. Okay, what is my role in here? And I think when you when when they find those three components their their community, their mission, and their identity slash role outside of sport, I think they're going to find out it's very much like when they were in sport in 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 the sense that they did have all three of those when they competed. And that, that would be my insights if if, if I would say anything.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Very strong and very on spot what you mentioned regarding that adrenaline rush that all athletes are losing to find, and they lose themselves. A lot of athletes fall into depression. They have a lot, not even pro athletes, semi-pro athletes, or just college athletes, they fall into depression and have men- mental health issues because they don't know where to get that rush, where to get that drive, that passion. And you mentioned the community, the mission, the role, the, the purpose on how it goes also. Before we wrap it up, can you please say something more about this youth sport, about the floor ball, the, the futsal that you mentioned, the spike ball, uh, how does it function? Some, some words about this uh, that we all get the idea uh, how you begin to really go down into the USA uh, in a couple of months, years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're, what we're doing is we're we're bringing the, the all the infrastructure around organized youth sport. So we're we're no different than your local baseball or your local uh, community-run soccer organization. Most of those organizations, at least here in Canada, are all volunteer-based. Uh, a lot of parents get involved, and in the you know they've they form the executive board, and you know coaches are typically parents or somebody that played the sport. Challenge there is that there's a lot of turnover and that there's really, um, it depends on the ebbs and flows. You can have a great leadership organization or you can have an organization, a community organization that has a a personal agenda and it doesn't serve the the athletes as well. Um, And so what we said is we want to privatize that. We wanna make that where through a franchise agreement, the people that go into our communities across North America have a clear understanding of what they need to do and The highest priority is not themselves. The highest priority is they're there to serve. And and so like every other business, um, service and quality of products and services has to rule. Our customers really are our kids. And if those kids play our sports and they don't feel like they're serviced um, and they feel like the quality is not there and and whatnot, then then they can leave us and and we're going to feel the effects of that. leave our business so um we've we've structured sport organized sport like every other business you know we have to make sure our products are up to standard that our coaches are properly trained and not just trained on the sport i mean they need to be trained on on how do you how do you teach a, a 12 year old how do you teach an eight year old we have to understand our customers we need to know what to expect from a 10 year old child how are they socially how are they emotionally how do we connect with them how do we how do we become part of their life and 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 through that they trust us and and not only just love to come and play the sport but now feel like they can come and feel safe and they really enjoy being around the coach um and not but that that and so I guess the whole idea is is that we've designed it so that there's there hopefully in our franchise as we deliver these sports there's a consistency in our quality and our standards the expectation and our deliverables are are, are, are we're meeting that those of the of the the kids who play and the parents you know are, make sure that safety is is involved that there's a, a healthy respect there's um you know inclusion make sure that we don't uh you know somebody's a really good athlete and we don't exclude somebody else everybody's everybody has has a role to play and so to do that and to, to, to build that type of business it takes a lot i mean you first of all you have to have the software you have to have all the policy created for youth sports, safe sports, healthy sports, the vulnerabilities, all the checklists. Um, you have to create all the marketing. What's, what's going to make somebody come to your sport when there's other sports to choose from um, all the referee training and certification, all the coach training and certification, all the things that support a child playing a sport we've created. Um, and then We've created so that it's the same, no matter what community it's played in all there to support the child. We chose floorball and we chose futsal and um, what we call dive ball, but essentially spike ball because they're new type sports and we don't bring into this, into our culture, any, any expectations, any, um, any toxicity, you know, like if somebody comes over from a, a mainstream sport and there's a culture that they, they were exposed over there we don't necessarily want them to come in and bring that if we offer the same sport so it was more prudent for us to start off with uh, unknown sports and let the children come in with no expectations of what the sport is and now don't get me wrong these aren't sports that i've just created my backyard floorball has been around um, for 40 years it's in 72 countries there's world floorball championships slovakia has a national four team, and they're very good. Their U19s, I, pl- I think, placed uh, fourth. Um, and so uh, futsal, another big sport that's emerging. These sports are, are internationally, uh, they're, they're, they're big sports, but they're, there's no real professional leagues. So they don't really garner the attention, but they are worthy sports and they're challenging and they're fun to play. Um, but most of all, from our perspective, in addition to all those, they're safe, they're affordable. They, you know, we don't, they don't have to have any specialized equipment. Um, and so we wanna make it so that our sports are easy to learn, they're easy to play, they're affordable, they're safe. And when the children come and play, they're playing in a pre-created culture and environment that we've structured and we have our partners, our franchisee bound to, to deliver. Um, it sounds a little technical. It sounds a little high when it comes to, but the, the, the bottom line is that we need to make sure that when, when a kid enters or a child enters our sports leagues, they're treated as if they're everything, no matter what skill set. They are, uh, the, the, the sports are centric to them. And um, we make sure everything else that we create around that. Uh, centers on serving that that child so that we can when they exit our, our leagues into their teens,' um, they're, they're, they're gonna enjoy a better sports experience and maybe become a better person because of it.
0: Yes, thank you for the answer. Uh, to wrap it up, um, you mentioned throughout our whole conversation um, purpose and your why. And uh, I'm just going to give you a hint, and I'm pretty sure it's in that direction, but your why and your purpose is to see happy kids, to see content kids, to see them playful, to see them excited and to get the quality experience for a lifetime, to get those fundamentals. Can you share a bit more on that purpose and how every athlete, because uh, just before you go into that because there's a lot of young athletes that lose literally lose their minds i was mm-hmm. one of them as well mm-hmm. because i was so in table tennis uh, uh competitively oriented i forgot what i'm actually why i'm actually doing it so yeah. i'm pretty sure it's in that direction and uh, please share, share share your light on that
1: yeah you know what i mean if if you don't have a why um, then you have a bunch of watts. what I got to do to get to the top. What do I got to do? What? Do I... And they're nice to have. I mean, you have to have some action plans, but if you're not doing something for a greater purpose, you, it's easy to lose focus on why you're doing something. You get up and you just, you, you push yourself every day, but you don't have that long-term vision. And so um, part of what the, the vision we want to cast is we want to make sure that kids flourish, that when they come into our sport, and they leave our sports, whatever period of time, they join us when they're eight years old and they leave when they're 18, um, they flourished. They've become better versions of themselves. Um, the sport is almost second to us, you know? Yes, we-, we, we, we It's a tool. Yeah, a yeah, tour, absolutely. Yeah. We do want them to be competitive. We do want them to, to try their best. And, you know, not everybody's going to get a badge. You're going to lose, you're going to struggle. You're going to have good and bad days. A lot of our kids might come from families that um, are broken are in the process of breaking and we might be the only place they feel safe, right? And so we, our goal is to create that environment and be a place for them when, that when they come in and they play and they leave, they know that they're, they belong, they, they feel like they belong, they're, they're told they belong, they compete, they, they challenge themselves and they have fun and they meet people and they leave hopefully in a better mindset and physically as well and so uh, you know that that's the why like that's why our franchisees get up every day is because they want to make a positive change in a child and and when it's all said and done um we you know the, the scoreboard whether it's 10 to nothing or five to four is almost insignificant um, it's, it's what, what they exit out of our leagues being. And, uh, and we hope that we can create that over and over and over again and scale it in every community. And so that more and more kids will use us so that we can serve them and they can become um, better human beings and have um, a good start in life.
0: Yes. And uh, like our conversation went by fast. I had a ton of fun and uh, I got a lot of knowledge as well. Thank you very much for that. So let's have fun. Let's play. And I wish you all the best in your youth sports, premier sports leagues and whatever you're creating so that all flourishes. Thank you. All right.
1: Well, and thank you for reaching out and thank you for giving me the opportunity to throw my voice out there to your listeners and beyond and, and, Hopefully, someday soon, uh, we'll be in their
0: community. With pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. Follow me on Being the Genuine Athlete Instagram and Facebook page. Share, like, and comment, and be genuine all the way.